Good morning, everyone. A little bit of extra info for Freedom Fellowship. This coming Wednesday is our last Freedom Fellowship, but we're having a picnic at Yanyin Reservoir. So same time, same day, 10.30, up on the big lookout near the caretaker's um, cottage there. Bring your own picnic lunch and we'll celebrate, have communion under the trees and uh, finish our year off, okay? Give me a smile. Send the warmth. Look to the person next to you. Give them a big smile. All the, get all those happy endorphins jumping around. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the incredible privilege and freedom we have in this nation to come together as your family to worship and celebrate. And Lord, we ask your blessing. Holy Spirit, take the message and, and write it in our hearts in your very own unique uh, way this morning. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that your presence is here and we've come to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So our text, our scripture that we're looking at this morning is from Psalm 68, verses 5 to 6. And this is the version from the Passion Translation. And it puts it this way. To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. To the lonely, he makes them part of a family. To the prisoners, he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our holy God in his holy place. But for the rebels, there is heartache and despair. This morning, I just want to focus on that one little line that so expresses and exposes the heart of our God for his people, for humanity, really. And it's that, that to the lonely, he makes them part of a family. I had a really special conversation this week with a, a beautiful young mum, a Persian woman, um, who told me her incredible story of how six years ago, she literally got on a refugee boat and came to Australia. And uh, many of us probably have lots of differing opinions and thoughts about that whole space. But sitting over a table, having a coffee with her and hearing her story really broke my heart. She shared how all these promises and incredible things she was, her and her husband were told as they paid the money to get on this boat, that literally none of them happened. They literally came on one of those scary little boats. For six days, they didn't know if they were going to live or die as the waves crashed their boat. And uh, having arrived in Australia... We, we might get the impression that things are rosy and everything's thrown at people like that, but that's not true. And they've had nothing but struggles and troubles since they've come to Australia. And they're now on a bridging visa waiting 
Their life's on hold. They're waiting to see what the outcome will be. And um, she expressed how lonely they feel. Um, language, new culture, their own family circle back in Iran. And on a bridging visa, they're not legally allowed to leave and go and visit the family until their visas are, are certain and secured. And how quite often her little daughter says to her, why don't I have a grandma around me like all my friends? And she just unloaded her heart and talked about the loneliness that they feel. Um, another conversation I had earlier this year was with a, a, a lovely young woman from England. And she'd come over to Australia with her Aussie boyfriend who she'd met in England. And they decided to come back to Australia and, and make a go of it. And within a couple of months, she found herself with an unplanned pregnancy. And once again, extremely lonely. He did not want a child. He didn't want a baby. Um, she didn't have any friends. She only had his friends around her life in Australia. She was very afraid to tell her mum back home what had happened. And she was in a very, very lonely place. And it's nothing new. We know that, you know, our communities are full of lonely people. And this morning, I just want us to hang in that space for a bit and think about that and think about what is God's plan for us as his church in the face of this incredible thing called loneliness in our communities. It is one of the greatest problems in Australia today, loneliness. What does it look like though? And I think sometimes things don't look like what we really think they are. You know, it wasn't until I sat down with that beautiful Persian woman and heard her story, oh man, I've got a whole different heart for the refugee space and those who come here on a boat now, you know. And loneliness looks very different to what we might think it looks like. Um, loneliness can be behind a smile. A smiling person can be lonely. A lonely person can be in a family, but feel isolated and very alone. A lonely person can be the CEO of a company or a grandma in a nursing home. The face of loneliness is not always what we think it looks like. Now, the Australian um, Psychology Association did a big report just last year, and um, I just want to share some of those. I'm not a big on statistics, but these are quite revealing, and it helps us to understand what loneliness looks like in our communities. They surveyed 1,678 people, representative sample of uh, the population, a real cross-section. And there's some surprising things here, and I guess some things we already knew. The least lonely Australians are over 65s. How's that? They're the least lonely Australians. The most lonely from this survey, were aged between 18 and 25 and 56 
and 65. Interesting. One in four Aussies express that they feel loneliness regularly, feel alone. Interestingly, gender made no difference in this survey, in this report, on the loneliness scale. So across board, men and women had the same sense of loneliness. 21% of those people surveyed never or seldom have a relative available to talk to. And their relatives rarely or never consult with them about important decisions. 22% of those surveyed never or seldom have a friend available to talk to. A third of Australians have no neighbours they see or hear from on a monthly basis. And nearly half of Australians have no neighbours they can call on for help. That's a bit of a landscape of the communities that we live in and what the people are really going through. And research found that loneliness is related more to the quality of relationship, not the quantity of relationship. And, you know, we can be sitting in a crowd, but still feel very, very lonely. <laughs> we can be surrounded by people, but still ha have that sense of being isolated and alone. A lonely person feels that their relationships are not meaningful and that he or she is not understood by others. And, you know, even sitting here in our church family this morning and the churches around our communities, we can feel, we can be feeling that way. Coming to a new church, coming in for the first time the first few weeks can be a really lonely experience. And we know today that people use technology, they use alcohol, they use food, the pokies, all sorts of things to medicate their loneliness. And that report was done in, with, in, in mind that how this thing called loneliness affects people's health and overall sense of well-being. Loneliness leads to emotional and physical health problems. But we know the good news, right? <laughs> we know the good news that he, our Father God, puts the lonely in families. That's his plan. And you know, celebrations like Christmas expose loneliness. They make it more painful <laughs> because as you, you see others celebrating and happy families and all of that, it somehow exposes, you know, our own sense of feeling lost and isolated and alone. And so we have an incredible opportunity as God's family and church community this coming Christmas and every Christmas to make a big, big difference in people's lives and reach out to the lonely. And so I just want to look at four very, very important Christmas gifts you and I can give to our communities this Christmas. Um, 
It might be someone sitting in your row. It might be someone in your street. It might be someone at your workplace, in your class at school, someone you just might bump into, a God appointment. Here's some Christmas gifts we need to be thinking about this year. Number one, the gift of presents. You've been busy buying presents. I'm having a bit of a blank with presents this year. I'm usually like six months ahead, but not this year. But here's a gift that will excel any amount of money you spend on any gift this Christmas. Be genuinely present and deposit value into people by giving them your undivided attention. Because loneliness can simply be a conversation, and we've all had them, where we're talking, but we know our mind's somewhere else and we're glancing at somewhere else. And the gift of presence is a powerful, powerful thing. Those who've studied chaplaincy know that it's a very, very real and powerful part of that ministry where sometimes you don't have to actually say anything or do anything or give anything, but just your presence and your attention, undivided attention, makes a world of difference to a person who's in that lonely space. When it comes to people in trauma or going through troubles, I know I'm sometimes lost for words. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I have a, a, a friend long-term from years ago who's going through some extreme mental health issues at the moment and um, she's in the regional part of Australia and I'm just her phone call buddy. I can't be with her but she rings. She says, can you pray for me tonight? I'm having those suicidal thoughts again. Honestly, I don't know what to say but I'll hang with her on the phone. I'll just be present. I'll be there. She knows I'm there and she's not alone. So one of the most powerful gifts we can give to those in our lives this Christmas is our presence. And right now, I just believe that Holy Spirit's pinpointing someone's heart here today and you've been thinking, no, I'm not gonna see them this Christmas. I'm not going there. I don't wanna be with them. And Holy Spirit's just pointing at your heart right now and saying, you need to be there. Your presence is going to make the world of difference. Whether it's your family or your friend or whoever it is, you need to take that on board this morning. He wants your presence there. The second gift we can give to people, and this one's a little bit scratchy, but it's the gift of sacrifice. And... Uh, you know, we need to be ready to reach out and include people God calls us to include. In his prayer in John 17, Jesus talked a lot about being faithful to those God had given him. And many, many years ago, God really quickened that to my own heart. And I thought, well, I can't save the world. I can't be everyone, everything to everyone but I can be faithful to those you give me. And each one of us sitting here as members of God's family 
this morning. God has designated people for you to love and care and look out for. And many of them will be the lonely and He wants to put them in your family. He wants to put them in your circle so that you can shine His light and show His love to them. It may just be for a short season. It may be a lifelong relationship, but it needs to be meaningful and we need to show His love. Um, Many years ago, when I was fellowshipping at another church, God sent someone into our fellowship and her name was Darlene. And she was a little bit out of the box. I love out of the box people. And um, God sent her to us and she came along to our home group. And after about a month of building relationship with her, I found out that she was literally terminally sick with cancer. She had a completely horrific, dysfunctional family life around her. She was totally cut off from family. She had no one. And God had sent her to us. And it was only another two months before Darlene passed away, tragically. But I think back to that, and I think, God, what a privilege. You sent her to us. We loved her and cared for her in the best way that we could. We were there caring for a very lonely, isolated person in her very darkest hour. She died knowing Jesus' love. And, you know, that was only three, a three-month. Sometimes it's a short space in time where we make a big difference. Sometimes it is. You know, I've got, probably like you, got people I know God has sent me and they are out of the box and, um, but God said, this one's for you to look after. You include them. You look out for them. You be there for them. He's got those people in each of our lives. And you know, this can mean sacrificing our own plans. Looking out for the lonely and caring in that way can mean that our idea of a Christmas celebration is going to look a bit different this year. It'll be a sacrifice of time. It can be a sacrifice of our own convenience. Maybe it means we've got to drive a bit of a detour, pick someone up, be their transport, help them out. It can mean extra work. It can mean getting up in the evening instead of resting and watching TV. It can be a phone chat and a prayer when we really don't feel like it. But that's the gift of sacrifice. And Jesus lived that. He was our example. And we too have that commission on us to give that gift of sacrifice. Third gift is the gift of focus. And uh, like Jesus, we need to be inclusive, not exclusive. You know, I just look at the life of Jesus and it's like he just walked around wearing this people filter. You know, everything about Jesus' life was, was aimed at people. You know, he saw, he saw the person. He saw the individual. And we need to get that same Jesus people filter in our hearts, guys. We are his church. We are the light to this community. And we need to be all about people. 
That's our commission too. You know, on the other side of this life, our money, our mansions, our possessions, our careers will not matter. We know that. We all know that. So what does that mean for now? It means we need to have that focus, that people filter. Our life needs to be about people, looking out for them, seeing their need, letting the Holy Spirit prompt us, nudge us, you know, stepping out of our own convenient and safe, comfortable little space and reaching out to the lonely, the people God brings to us. Um, You know, we can go through a whole day sometimes and just live our own existence live overwhelmed with our own problems and our life and everything that's happening around us without even thinking about another person. We live in a very distracted, chaotic rat race. We need to put on that focus, that Jesus people filter, so that it's actually people that, that are the important parts of our day And not all that other stuff that doesn't matter in the end. The last gift that we can give this Christmas is the gift of safety. And I think this is a really, really big one for a church community, a church family. Because our church here needs to be the safest place on the planet for a person to come. And sadly, often, churches are not safe places. We need to be with our people, filter on, create such a beautiful, encompassing, accepting community culture in our church family that a person feels safe to come, to be real, to let people just be who they are, speak how they speak, wear what they want to wear, you know, to be themselves and not be judged or feel ashamed. We have some really big hot potato, big stuff happening out there in our society, in the government, lots of laws, lots of things happening that impact people's lives. The safest place for anyone today should be here in our church family. We love the homosexual this morning. We love the gay person because God does. We love the lonely person who can't afford the latest fashion. We love the person whose mouth hasn't been cleaned up yet by Holy Spirit. We love them because we're his church where his light and they are welcome and accepted and safe that gift of safety is so big people don't feel safe to have a religious conversation these days but we're here we're ready to have those a huge part of that lonely feeling is simply not being understood And we need to give ourselves permission and others, it's okay if we don't understand you. We still love you. That gift of safety. 
You know, we are here this morning all on a level playing field. Each one of us. When you rip away everything about this world, we are just sinners (laughs) saved by God's grace. Every single one of us. And we are safe in his love. We are covered. You know, we, we are in the most wonderful place you can be. That's why we should be the happiest people on the planet. We are safe in God's care. And we need to make others feel that same sense of safety in our conversations, in our body language, in every way that we possibly can, the gift of safety. So again, the gift of your presence, being with people, giving them your undivided attention. The gift of sacrifice, being willing to let my own stuff go when God says, you need to care for that person. You need to be relational. The gift of focus, having that um, Jesus people filter on our heart and eyes as we're doing each day. And the gift of safety so that people feel safe in his house and in the church community. Loneliness is not about a location. It's about a relationship. And of course, we know the ultimate answer to that sense of loneliness is a relationship with God, yeah, through Jesus. There is no match. But as the psalmist put it, God places the lonely in families. Family was established by God. It reflects his very own heart and love and care for each one of us. And God has planned his family, us, to be the friend and be relational, to meet this deep need of loneliness that is in our streets. It's everywhere. It's one of our greatest opportunities to show God's love and to win people to Jesus. You know, family isn't only our blood relatives. And I'm sure you'd agree with me this morning. Sometimes others are more family to us than our own families. Because we're a part of a big, wonderful family and that's God's. So just to finish up, You know, compassion is in the very DNA of our Saviour, Jesus. However, in a very general way, compassion is sadly lacking in our communities these days. And, you know, we have to guard against that indifference coming into our Christian faith and our Christian church. Looking out for the lonely and making room for them this Christmas in your world, in your home, wherever God called you to bring them in, requires compassion. Everyone in our world has a deep and profound longing to be valued. And there really is a God-shaped vacuum in every person that only He can fill. Only His love can fill that. And our love, our heart reaching out to others 
including them, makes the world of difference to someone's life. And we have a huge opportunity this Christmas. You know, we have an over 50s celebration coming. Bring someone, invite them, be bold, just ask. A wonderful time to get those isolated and lonely connected. Yeah, we have this wonderful Christmas carnival happening. Invite, bring, get people connected in. Give them your undivided attention. Spoil them to bits. Go over the top with your extravagant expression of God's love and bless them this Christmas. God places the lonely in families. How? Through you and me. So I leave you with that thought. Will you take up the challenge this Christmas to make room for the lonely? Amen? Amen. God bless you.